Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Anyone coming from that train whom they had rather not be face to face with, the Murdstone man himself. He was not a yard from them. Rupert threw up his head and backed a little as if he expected to be hit. The three C's breathed a deep, concerted, Oh! and trembled on the edge of what might be going to happen. No one knew what Mr. Murdstone's power might be. Could he seize on Rupert and take him away? Could he call the police? Anything seemed possible in that terrible instant when they were confronted suddenly and beyond hope of retreat with the hated master. And nothing happened at all. The Murdstone man passed by. He gave a cold, sour, unrecognizing glance at the three C's, but he never looked at Rupert. He looked over his head as though Rupert had not been there, and passed on. Rupert grew very red and said nothing. The girls looked at each other. "'Let's walk along by the river,' said Caroline, "'and then we'll tell you why he didn't look at you.' "'You'll tell me now,' said Rupert firmly, "'or I won't go another step.' "'He didn't look at you,' said Charlotte, "'because he didn't see you. "'And he didn't see you because you were invisible "'just when you wanted to be.' "'I didn't want to be,' said Rupert. "'At least—oh, well, come on.' When they had reached a green meadow that sloped pleasantly to the willow-fringed edge of the river Medway, Charlotte said, "'You were invisible to him. That's the magic. Perhaps you'll believe in spells now.' "'But there wasn't any spell,' said Rupert impatiently. And the girls said with one voice, You, you take, take off, off your, your blazer, blazer and, and see. see. I hate hanky-panky, said Rupert, but he took off the coat. Look, in there, said Caroline, turning back that loose fold which the buttonholes are made in. Fern seed. Char and I secateened it on while you and Charles were washing your hands. We meant to ask you to wish to be invisible when we went into a shop or something, just to prove about spells, but you did it without our asking. And now you will believe, won't you? I can't, said Rupert. Don't talk about it any more. Let's have the grub out. 
they opened the parcels and had the grub out, and it was sandwiches and jam tarts packed face to face, and raspberries in a cardboard box that had once held chocolates, that was in Rupert's parcel, and biscuits and large wedges of that pleasant solid cake which you still get sometimes in old-fashioned houses where baking powder and self-raising flour are unknown. This is the first picnic we've ever had by ourselves. Don't you like it, Prince Rupert? Rupert's mouth was full of sandwich. He was understood to say that it was all right. King Charles is gracefully pleased to like it, said Charles. Bodicea had better pour out the Rhine wine, for it's a thirsty day. Oh, said Bodicea in stricken tones. There isn't any. And there wasn't. Not a drop of milk or water or ginger beer or anything drinkable. No nephew or niece of Aunt Emmeline's was likely to do anything so rash as drinking water from a strange river to which it had not been properly introduced. So there was nothing to be done but to eat the raspberries and pretend that raspberries quenched thirst, which, as you probably know only too well, they don't. This was why, when they had eaten everything there was to eat, and buried the bits of paper deeply in a hollow tree, so as not to spoil the pretty picture of green willows, and blue-green water, and grass-green grass, they set out to find a cottage where ginger beer was sold. There was such a cottage, and they had passed it on the way. It had a neat, gay little garden, and a yellow rose clambering over its porch, and on one of its red-brick sides was a pear-tree that went up the wall with level branches, like a double ladder, and on the other a deep blue iron plate, which said in plain white words, Beatty's Minerals. A stranger from Queen Victoria's early days might have supposed this to mean that the cottage had a small museum of geological specimens, such as you find now and then in Derbyshire, but Rupert and the three C's knew that minerals was just short for ginger beer and other things that fizz. So after making sure that they had not lost their two shillings and their sixpence, they unlatched the white gate and went in. The front door, which was green and had no knocker, was open, and one could see straight into the cottage's front parlour. It was very neat and oil-clothy, with seashells on pink wool mats and curly glass vases, and a loud green-faced clock on the mantelpiece. There was a horsehair sofa, and more white crochet antimacassars than you would have thought possible, even in the most respectable seaside lodgings. A black-and-white cat was asleep in the sun, edged in among the pots of geraniums that filled the window. In fact, it was a very clean example of the cottage homes of England, how beautiful they stand. The thirsty children waited politely as long as they could bear to wait, and then Caroline tiptoed across the speckless brown and blue linoleum and tapped at the inner door. Nothing happened, so she pushed the door, which was ajar, a little more open, and looked through it. Then she turned, shook her head, made a baffling sign to the others to stay where they were, and went through the door and shut it after her. 
the others waited the sign caroline had made was a secret one only used in really serious emergencies i expect there's a bird in there and she wants to catch it said charles but the others could not believe this and they were right quite soon caroline returned bearing a wrinkled black tray with three bottles of lemonade three glasses and the little round wooden thing that you press the glass marble down with into the neck of the bottle here she said in a hurry you go round to the other side of the cottage and there's a hornbeam arbor and a bench and table and you're very welcome to sit there i'll tell you all about it afterwards she added whispering only do take it and go but what is it rupert asked she's crying dreadfully i don't know what it is yet oh do go and she thrust the tray on him and went back through the door with an air of importance which even the others found just a little trying however they were thirsty and loyal so they did as they were asked to do found the hornbeam arbor and settled down on the blue painted benches to drink their lemonade and tell each other how thirsty they had been drawing deep breaths between the draughts to say so with caroline in the meantime was in the back kitchen of the strange cottage gently patting the shoulder of a perfect stranger who sat with her elbows on the mangle and her head in her hands crying 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 don't oh please don't said caroline again and again